Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Axel and Friends podcast. My name is Axel Blaze, back again for another Spooktober episode of the Axel and Friends podcast. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's podcast, uh, talking about Cartoon Network Halloween specials and whatnot, you can definitely find links down below on the channel or on Spotify. But in today's episode of the podcast, we are going to be diving into the sensation that is not only sweeping our nation, but apparently like 80 plus nations around the world. We're going to be talking about Squid Games, but not just Squid Game. We're going to be talking about the death game genre in general, because the death game genre has been around longer than a lot of people know. Um, it's It's been around in the West, but it's it's more so been a thing you know, in the East, in Japanese culture, uh, Korean culture, etc. So, just like last week, I have two guests on the panel this week uh, to talk about death games and whatnot, and both of them are two of my friends from Bleach D&D. First off, we've got Emembro. Emembro, welcome to the channel and welcome to the podcast. You're how y'all feeling? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, and I hope you're feeling good too, and I hope the audience, however big or small they are, is feeling good too. Um, but glad to have you. Um, absolutely. And our other guest is Sweet Tea, the the lone female of our Bleach D&D group, but valued member nonetheless, Sweet Tea. Welcome to the channel, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Axel. I'm super happy to be here, and I'm excited to talk about um, this topic today. Absolutely. Um, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like, at least for me, I, <sighs> death games are like a guilty pleasure for me, in a way. I mean, like, when you think about it, like, especially for like the people in the West, I mean, I know a lot of people have, uh, you know murder mystery guilty pleasures i mean south park made a whole joke episode about murder mystery porn and whatnot so like uh like the death games i feel like they're that just that next step for like the people out there that was like you know what i really enjoy a good murder mystery but you know what i love more people dying in rapid succession for my enjoyment but i i like how how do you guys feel about death games like is it is this your was squid game like your first foray into it i don't think it was based on i mean our like twitter messages and whatnot but for the audience like what what has your experience been with death games i can go ahead and go first so this is not my first rodeo with death games um i would say i think my first time really dealing with a death game was when i was a preteen and I read the Hunger Games um, I think that was my introduction into it um, and then eventually more into anime um, as a teenager and eventually I watched the Fate series and the Fate series those were technically death games because they're all um, trying to win the Holy Grail um, and people who compete in the game can die and then I also went ahead and I got really into god of high school um the webtoon and people like they 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 die in god of high school too like 
it's it's really interesting though because got a high school is not all like the same plot line but there's similar stuff that surrounds like a tournament type of thing what if you think about God it of too, high school not not having one plot line having more than one plot line no god <laughs> god of high school is you know so on the track the entire time never never taking any breaks for <laughs> hundreds of chapters at a time but no go ahead go ahead no but god of high school is really good ignore the anime read the webtoon instead um, anyways we're not here to push agendas we're here to talk about death games um, and then I also, like, I know of Alice in Borderland. I have not watched Alice in Borderland, but I really want to. And I'm pretty sure I'm missing, like, other death game series. Because I've read a lot of stuff when I was a kid. I used to be a huge bookworm. Um, so I probably read some stuff, but I'm just blanking and forgetting about it. But I also am familiar with, like, this, I think it's the movie Battle Royale. I'm familiar yes. with it. It's been a super duper long time since i've seen it so my memory is not the best with that one but in conclusion i mean i've i've dabbled in dev games like a little i've i've like dipped more than a toe in it so like it's, i'm not new to the genre but yeah Mm-hmm. no i i can definitely relate i mean like and especially with like you know forgetting certain titles and whatnot there there are so many manga especially that had you know either anime or even live action adaptions or adaptations that most people just aren't aware of just because they came out before like the age of streaming um and i mean you know as a result of that there are some that are a very questionable quality out there but um yeah and we could definitely talk more about Hunger Games too in a bit, but I want to I want to hear from MM Bro. What is what has your experience been with Death Games? Okay. I love Death Games, yo. I love this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like y'all playing, like I just like looking at y'all playing to get killed because y'all need some, yo. That's crazy because like you could have gone to the store, you could have got a job, right? I probably mean that point, but like some of the Death Games, like say the Hunger Games, like y'all remember the movie The Maze Runner, right? Yes. Like, yeah, I was thinking school? about Maze Runner, yeah. Was that a um, death game, or I'm tripping? It's uh, technically no. not a death game. It's more of a dystopian. It was, it's, more, uh, it's in the same dystopian genre, but they're not really death games because the maze, like, just thinking about the first book itself, not the other books in the series, like, that's somewhere where they're trapped in and they're trying to escape the maze. It was a, like monsters in there. It was a survival thing more than anything, at least in the first movie slash book. And then it just, yeah. you know, got convoluted after that and apparently there were zombies. And I I didn't watch the second movie or the third movie. So uh you know, my I maze the first Maze Runner movie was very good. Like very good. Like, I really enjoyed it. And then I just heard things from like like afterwards, and I, I I my memory of like everything afterwards. I just think of the the one guy in like the trailer who was just like, "You'll never survive in the scorch," and I'm just like, "That sounds so dumb." <laughs> it, just... it hurts because like I read the books because like again when I was a preteen teenager, um, those type of dystopian uh young adult novels were my bread and butter um and so like series like divergent and maze runner i and 
even the Hunger Games series. I loved reading those. So the Maze Runner movie was good, but like there's just it's different when you read the books first and then they have an adaptation come out. Um, because there were certain things that were very important in the books that they didn't have in the movie. What? Um, but in conclusion, the movie though, leaving my... things out that the book included—that's <laughs> never ever happened ever cough, before. Cough. Percy Jackson's cough, cough. Percy Jackson. Oh, oh my! Oh, please, please, no, please, my heart. No. I mean, at least it's getting an. It's at least it's getting a series, and it's like and it's being overseen by Rick. It's Rick being, and his yes, wife it. yes. So like, redemption is on its way. Like, we don't need to have you know the actor for Grover uh, saying how the the voice or the role of Grover absolutely ruined his life, uh, and he blames that on how his acting career just plummeted, just because he <laughs> wore drag as Grover, and you know not because of his acting ability or anything like that. No, it was that movie in particular that made him fail in life and. Yeah, I'm 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 done with that tangent. But MMRO, keep keep going about you and your love for the <laughs> death game genre. It's just always been a cool concept for me, for me because first, as we said, pointed out, it's not a lot of like a lot of shows and stuff like that in the West or just in general that I've seen. So when I do see like this little genre, like or shows or movies about this, I'd be interested because it'd be cool. That's how you like to laugh at the character. Doesn't make idiotic decisions, but it's still funny. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I it's it's great seeing like in in some cases karmic justice, or in other cases people just uh, dying because they were dumb, which uh, yeah. it happens a lot in both for sure. <laughs> I just to, uh, I think oh go ahead, Embro. I'm so sorry. Plus to kind of get into like Squid Games. It's cool how the um, creator put like regular ass games that my fault, regular games that we used to play that we play, um, like on the school grounds until like some death. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's cool because a lot of times we see a lot of um, death games. They're like some crazy stuff, like uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> y'all out here going district to district. It's like a confederacy, low key. And y'all just killing each other, right? Oh my god! Did and, we just uh, called. <laughs> we just called it. The- <laughs> Freaking Hunger Games, a confederacy. Oh my god. Jeez. You're not wrong, but like at the same time, like, jeez. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's fine. You know, whatever. But yeah, it was kind of like that. So it's cool to see, I feel like, a unique take on um, the death game genre with mm-hmm. Squid Games. See, like, and- oh, go ahead, T. Oh, I was just going to say, I think something that I find interesting with the Death Games genre, too, is seeing how, like, what's happening in the world around them, like, how that mm-hmm. impacts the characters of the story, like, the reasoning for being participating, and not only that, but, like, how the events happening within the games are affecting them as the character and influencing their decisions, um, and also how they see the people who are enforcing the games like how do they view them and just looking at the society as a whole like those themes are found very i find very interesting absolutely mm-hmm. and that's that is a common thread in pretty much any death game kind of series like you always have people that are brought together under varying circumstances uh you you see for the most part the people that are controlling the game the situation um and manipulating 
the the contestants in various degrees and then obviously the the contest itself like if if the contest itself isn't interesting enough then it's you know it it, it just kind of flatlines i i wanted to say um because a member a member brought up you know the, the fact that you have certain situations where it's just kind of confusing where as squid game made things pretty simple which i think is why people related to it when i think of western death games the two that i immediately think of are hunger games like we already mentioned and whether you want whether or not you want to call it a death game because it's technically playing games or you die i think of saw which is also Mm. just another example of people playing these games or whatnot and uh with death on the line more often than not almost everyone dies but (laughs) yeah i feel like the difference saw and like the other ones they choose to be in them saws like hey yo i want you and i got you correct you could argue that those really bad escape room movies are death games true depend it, it, it I guess it kind of I mean it, it, it lends to the question is a death game technically a death game if people aren't willing participants I'd like to argue that it still is because you have a lot of people that do play death games because of situations that they were put into um, I mean uh, on the anime side of things Dead Man Wonderland is a perfect example of that all these people yeah, are jailed yeah I was jailed. just to say Dead Man Wonderland and like that that's technically a death game I would say it's again the goat the, SAO yes <clears throat> SAO is another one where like that is technically one where they did not have a choice in the beginning um, and we will talk about SAO because I have things to say about SAO <laughs> yeah but there's a lot um, of technical death games like Tron's technically a death game Oh, Tron. Yeah. And I forgot I think about it. I mean, only only because, like, the, the the guy from real life got transported into it. He was playing with other programs. So, like, whether or not yeah. you want to, like, I, like, he was playing games against other programs, and they were killing off other programs, and he lived. So, yeah, they're... Would you consider that one season or arc of Teenage Mutant Ninja, like, 2003, John, when they went to, like, the computer and stuff? They was... Did you consider that as a death game? Uh, mm, I, <laughs> I just remember that. It was like, I, I mean, don't we could, know. I mean, we could like, bring up like our isekais. I wouldn't say all isekais, but with certain isekais, maybe be like a subgenre of a death game. That could be that could be a thing, but I wouldn't say all of them. But I'd say it's a merging like, of genres, honestly. Because yeah. let, let's be honest, isekai is a genre at this point. I mean, it's been a genre. Yeah. Like, over half of the things that come out on, like, an, a given anime season are freaking isekais. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Like, I, it's, don't get me wrong, it's an oversaturation of the market, for sure. But, like, I feel like too many people out there are like, oh, it's isekai? That's gross. Isekais aren't for real anime or manga fans. And, first off, <laughs> how dare you? Second off, most of these... Uh, isekais are light novels, so you are uncultured swine for not recognizing that it is from a light novel, first and foremost. And third of all, <laughs> like, I get it. If you only see, like, if you only see either the, the good end or the bad end of the isekais because of, like, Annie Twitter or whatnot, sure, 
I can understand how that warps your perception. But, like, at the same time, if you're not actually going out there and, like, experiencing things, like, you're missing out on some pretty good isekai lately. Um, if your first red flag is letting any Twitter warp your perception. Oh, God. That's your first red flag right there. I mean, it happens. Unfortunately, yeah. Like, it's 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 one of those... I mean, like, and you, you see it, like... Even with like the popular anti-tubers, like like where all of a sudden like they have differing opinions. Like I just remember like Joey the anime anime man talking about My Hero Academia on like one season of like like the podcast, and he was just like MHA has some interesting characters and it's a pretty good show. And then all of a sudden like you see him on like a private stream and he's just like I hate My Hero Academia. I hate the characters of My Hero Academia, and it's just like, bruh, what? What happened? What what did the, I mean, what did the internet do to you? I mean, then one could argue though, like maybe as the story progressed, your opinion changes of it. And I mean, I, one I, could argue if that, that if that genuinely did happen, then cool. But I'm just saying there are too many people out there where it's just like they go on the internet. The internet has a certain opinion, or it's cool to have a negative opinion, and then people just spew that rather than having their own opinion but i digress that is that is yet another tangent that's you know don't need to don't need to worry about that we're here for death (laughs) games beautiful (laughs) deadly death games and yes yes yes. uh i like i don't know i i i i have a feeling just because of how well Squid Game did, I can almost guarantee that there's going to be like a Hollywood adaptation for a Western version of Squid Game if a, a second season doesn't already incorporate that. I, I can just feel it. Like that like for sure. the, the the fact They're that they're gonna try and Oh, go ahead. Create some mm-hmm. uh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um Um but Hollywood just has a bad habit and they've done this for years of just like they copy paste but like the paste is like the great value version of the original and right now I think this is we a wake up call for Hollywood though because right now we are stuck in this nostalgia nightmare with nothing but live action remakes and reboots for the most part like those are the things they really push and advertise a lot and the amount of original content that's still being made is like slim and i don't even know if you could count like novel adaptations as original content like maybe but like actually them coming up with their own concepts for film and not having it being based off of like a piece of medium or a media that already exists you don't see mm-hmm. that a lot in Hollywood right now. It's a shame because there's a ton, a ton of stories out there. And I know because I, like in college, I went to screenwriting class. I wrote with very talented people who have amazing stories and stuff like that. And I feel like this might be a wicked call for Hollywood. I hope so. That they're like, hmm, maybe we should start investing in more original stories. Um, but if not, they will try to rip and copy off of squid game oh absolutely i mean they're already yeah. trying to do that with parasite so why not do squid game next and then the Wait, train parasite to the is, um, too, Jap- like that one. one the korean what you call them the korean um k-drama that parasite 
Yes, it is a it's a Korean drama. Um, so they're they're just copying the Koreans at this point. I don't blame them. Hey, Holly. But like, Holly, y'all some weird. Y'all weird for that for real. Cause like, yeah, because like, you're trying to make like the the Hollywood version of Train to Busan, and I'm like, you can't oh, do that because oh no, like I know. it it just it just you can't do that. No, I don't know. it's not the same. Like train trains aren't part of American culture like the same as they are in like Japan or the Koreas or Europe in general. Um, like, mm-hmm. it's just not as big of a part of it. So, like, I mean, that's the thing, is, like, part of why it was as success- eh, successful as it was, was going to the various train stations and trying to go from route to route to try to get to where things were safe. Like, that's just not a thing in the States. Like, you'll have, like, one really long train line or something, but it's it's just not the same like it, it doesn't even have a work. good train system first of all they, like <laughs> they about to remain to subway of to what are, what was the name of it so it's a of all what is going to be the amtrak to new york like <laughs> honestly probably if you if you really had to think about it like that's one of the ones that would make sense other than like maybe like a cross country thing like they could kind of do that maybe like with illinois with like the the train line there but i i don't know honestly again it's it's just not the same like it, it's not a one for one thing that you can just copy like it there, there's so much that goes into it that we don't have but you know it's just like oh it, it was really successful so like we gotta do it and it's just like no just promote foreign language content more like Jeez, Hon- like and, and honestly, better yet, make your own original content. content that's just as good. Yes, I, I both both would be great. I mean, like when it comes down yeah. to it, you see a lot of the original stuff that does get made still either go to Sundance or they get like a super limited theatrical run and then they're all promoted for an oscar run and it's just the hoity-toity oh i was part of this small production that made two hundred fifty thousand dollars after being aired only for 30 minutes in a california movie theater amidst covid where everyone had to be in bubble seats and it's just like oh my god it's it's so annoying but like i guarantee you though and netflix is already starting to do this they're going to push a lot more of their foreign content to the forefront good and it's already happening because there's this other k drama that i actually recently saw pop up on like my little netflix home called my name and it's already number (laughs) 10 it's like number nine or ten like across at least in the states it's probably and nine is... because like ten is always taken up by that weird animated baby show on Netflix. Like Coco that is a, that is like a constant ten on Netflix, and it's disturbing. Yeah, it's like eight, nine, or it's like eight or nine. But Netflix is already starting is going to start pushing more, at least of their foreign content, more to the forefront. And I will say though, Netflix does not miss with their originals for the most part, like their shows for the most part. Especially the foreign, the foreign ones are very good. Like Money foreign, Heist yeah. is very good. Three Percent is a Brazilian one, very good. 
Um, there are other ones too that have been out that are very good that I can't remember at the moment that I've watched though. Uh, oh yeah, Tribes of Europa, that was good. So Netflix, like they've low-key been in their bag with their foreign entities, like their foreign originals. So I feel like this is going to give more people to get exposed to other stuff internationally um but also give those international creators more room to create especially considering the success of squid game so mm-hmm. yo axel quick question bro yes what's sundance or sunday oh uh, sundance is um it's a movie festival um where a lot of people make uh these like smaller movies usually with more uh, like small time casts you don't really see a whole lot of big names unless unless somebody that is a big name is just like I want to make my directorial debut at Sundance uh, kind of thing um, and with that uh, it's while it's a, a celebration of people like showing off these movies that they created in a given year it's also where certain movie executives and whatnot um, will try and buy rights two movies from Sundance and then either release them as is or they make a bigger adaptation of it with like a bigger cast and whatnot um it's been a it's been a thing for a very long time I'm not aware of what the current state of Sundance is just because of you know the COVID stuff it's probably back and fine um because people will find a way um, but, but that's more or less what Sundance is. It's a, it's a mu- or movie festival, um, with a lot of smaller movies and whatnot. And again, it's, it's a lot of either original content, original screenplays, uh, documentaries, stuff like that. Um, All right. but yeah, I, I did want to say at least in terms of the foreign content, the one other show that I really like, and I'm still kicking myself cause I haven't watched season three yet. I really like dark from Germany, um, because it's a, like, a sci-fi series on there, um, that has to deal with time travel, and this, like, one village, um, that has been part of this time travel loop, um, that happens every 33 years, um, like, it's a very interesting series, um, and I, I can't recommend it enough to people, but again, it's, like, it's really great that we're getting more foreign language content. Uh, the only thing that disappoints me is the amount of people that watch the dubs over the subs. Uh, yes. Because, oh like, my gosh. Yes. It's it's bad. Like, and you can totally tell that the people that are doing the dubbing aren't the same people that do dubbing for like anime or cartoons because it just does not work right. Like. You, you lose a lot from the dub and it becomes comical which like and, and that totally ruins the vibe for a lot of series if like you have a comical voicing when like it's supposed to be like a super serious moment but yeah it's just not giving what they're supposed to give like the dubs are not and i remember when i was on youtube like the other day i saw this like short clip of someone making fun of the English dub for Squid Game, and I watched it in the sub, so I didn't know what the dub was like, so out of curiosity, I played the clip, and it was of the character, you know, um, whatchamacallit, you know the character who had, like, that thing going on with the gangster in Squid Game, like, the 
Hong Nim. I think that was. I, I'm so sorry if I butcher her name. By the way, I just it's blanking on me. No, um, but the, the one that everyone wanted to die for like the longest time because yeah, she was just like, I have a child and I shouldn't be here. And then like, yeah. like towards the end and uh, spoiler warning for anyone that hasn't watched Squid Game. Uh, and I'm going to be five, four, three, two, one. She dies. Uh, and like, it's just. She takes him out with her. Yeah. Like it, 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 you feel kind of bad for her towards the end of it. But at the same time, you're like good for you you did what you set out to do you got your revenge like yeah she went out in a boss way though like yeah she kind of had a feeling that she was gonna die but if you're gonna die you go out in a boss way and she went out in a really really cool way but anyway so i heard like a, a clip of her talking to gi hun um ollie and song woo and it was so cringy oh my gosh and i'm like this cannot be the real the real dub but it, it was and i i've heard better voice acting in a bridge series <laughs> like i've heard better voice acting in freaking a bridge series that was just a travesty and i was like I, people actually sat here and watched that like that's just painful unironically at that unironically that's what makes it worse like the, the fact that like and i get it if you're watching something on netflix in the background or whatever whatever although at that point like why are you even watching squid game if you yeah, said why it you in the background TV? but like how can you unironically do it if you if you have if you have no visual issues if you have no problem reading subtitles and whatnot like what the hell? What are you doing? Like, it and again, like it, it's different compared to a dub for an anime or a cartoon, where they have enough practice in the game at this point that they know what they're doing. Like, are there still you know questionable casting choices here and there? Sure, that's unavoidable. But for like the most part, the dubbing is fine for anime and cartoons. But like. For the live action stuff on Netflix as foreign film or series. Uh-uh. I, I felt the same way for Dark. Although, in contrast, like, I only watched, like, two minutes of the dub of Dark. And that was because, like, they opened up with, like, an after-sex scene. And it was just very awkward English dialogue. And it was just like, uh. Uh, I don't like this. Their, their lips aren't matching. Which is, which just makes it worse. Like, the fact that, like for those dubs they they don't match the lip flaps but at the same time it's harder because it is live like it you can't do that like i don't know the the only some of the only good dubs that i have seen have been for like japanese content by japanese dubbers um like i watched uh shin godzilla dubbed by funimation and that was fine like, but again, it was dubbed by Funimation, so like, it better be good. I, I I don't know. They they need to get, they need to get these people from like, the anime side of Netflix to like give them pointers on how to dub people because it's just not, it's not good right now. It's really not. If anything, uh, they I, need to actually hire voice actors to do the voice actor roles that need to be that require voice acting because. 
this is a bit of a tangent, but there's just this thing going on in Hollywood right now where they're hiring celebrities to do voiceovers instead of voice actors. I mean, it's been that way for yeah. years now. But it's good to the point where it's like, it's it's getting a little ridiculous. Like, um, you all know about the Mario movie that's coming. What? Yeah. The Mario movie? <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard about that Chris Pratt-led Mario movie. Yeah, like I'm, I'm okay with like Bowser being like Jack Black being Bowser. I'm here Absolutely. for that. You know, he would, he's gonna carry that movie. Like his back's gonna be killing him for how much he carries that movie. But like Chris Pratt, like, oh, that's because that's the thing. Like, and there are several celebrities that have more than enough experience in voice acting at this point. Jack Black is one of those people because of how much he's done it. Mike Myers is another person I would say who has it because, I mean, he was part of Shrek um, for as long as he was. Um, I, I would even say, honestly, I don't have any problems with Seth Rogen being Donkey Kong like because he has his various experiences with voice acting whether it was from kung fu panda whether it was from sausage party whatever like <laughs> he has done a lot and like there are people that know how to voice act that are celebrities but there are so many that also don't and like i mean like don't get me, don't get me wrong chris pratt has voiced cartoon characters and whatnot he voiced like emmett from the lego movies but he mm -hmm. was also just being himself with it like there there wasn't a whole lot of character with it yeah when like, you're jack black you don't have to put him out a lot of effort in the stuff no you, know? you don't um <laughs> and like i i i still don't know who the I, I can't remember peach's voice actress for the life of me because i mean like in the queen's gambit cool that still means nothing to me because i didn't watch queen's gambit oh. but yeah no i i i i I that was one of those ones where it was just like I didn't watch it only because like that was like people were being a little bit hoity-toity about watching Queen's Gambit and getting into chess and like being like so like oh I'm I'm playing chess there was a whole arc of freaking YouTube influencers playing chess because they watched Queen's Gambit and it was just like cool great we do don't not care, care. Like, honestly like, like we do not care and like i felt like that one uh clip of naruto and he's like mm -hmm. i have not a clue what's go i have no idea what's going on but i'll act like i do that's how i felt watching like the them talking about chess in queen's gambit but they filmed it in such a way that was so entertaining and i'm like i can't believe that a chess match is this entertaining to me and i don't even know anything about chess I mean, yeah. I I know that it can be entertaining, but that's also because I have watched and or read various manga or anime centered around various games and whatnot, so, like, I'm used to it. Like, when you actually have a game and you have characters or people that are you are invested in playing it, I'm more emotionally invested. Um, like, I don't get me wrong, like, I will still watch and or go to a football game baseball game etc but i very much more enjoy reading or watching anime or manga 
of it instead because like i'm invested in the characters and whatnot and the same can be said for various games and whatnot like i'm not saying that i wouldn't enjoy queen's gambit if i did eventually watch it but like i will also admit it's just not high on my list because there's other things i would rather watch and or read um I, I would I would watch Squid Game again <laughs> before I probably would watch really Queen's Gambit. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, other, otherwise, then, was there anything else you guys wanted to say, mention, or discuss before we got into Squid Game then? Um, I just remember this one... I think it was Death Game. It was like when Amazon Prime came out a few months ago. I think in October. Last October. Not a few months ago. Then. But it came out last October, I think. I was like high school and played these games and stuff. Can't remember the name though. Was it an anime or a live action? It was live action. It came on like Amazon Prime. Hmm. I'll have to go back and look into that then. I don't know. I I I like half pay attention to Amazon Prime, honestly. Because like for for years or a couple years, I was paying attention because they actually had like at least one decent anime that they were licensing for a season. So, like, there was, a, like, a good chunk of time that I was watching it. But, like, I dropped off the horse, even though there are several shows on Amazon Prime that I still really need to watch and whatnot. But, I don't... And I, I'm I'm going to get back into Amazon Prime just because uh, they've got, like, a Boomerang channel for, like, five additional dollars per month. And they have, like, all the, like, classic Scooby-Doo movies and whatnot on there. So you can bet your ass that I'm going to go and watch all those. Uh, at least in the yeah, span I didn't, of a week. Yeah, I, I never heard of it until my man. He told it was like right before he came out. Man, I was like, "Yo, we're gonna watch this in VC." I was like, "Hey, <laughs> now, did you enjoy that at the same level of Squid Game, though, or not as much? No, but it was a difference. Okay, Squid Games and this show was different because this show was like watching teenagers. They was stupid, uh-huh. so I got to laugh at their stupidity. With Squid Games, it was like. Yeah, they were stupid, but it was like, y'all winning this for money. It was like more of like petty stuff for the other people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I, so I, I like completely them. understand that. Yeah. I like them like this both, though. Like the same. Mm-hmm. It was both enjoyable. Alright. Well, if you figure it out at any point, feel free to let us know. Otherwise, just I, I will definitely hit you up afterwards if I can't find it on Amazon Prime. Um, T, was there anything else you wanted to say before moving on to the Squid Game? Let's go ahead and get into it. (laughs) All right, so... This is why the people are here. Absolutely. You know, 40 minutes in and we're finally getting the Squid Game. Yeah! (laughs) But, um, no, I... So, I had pretty decent expectations going into Squid Game, um, before watching it. Now, that being said... Like, I didn't then watch it until it started exploding all over the internet, but I was interested in watching Squid Game from the beginning. Um, and just, dear God, I wasn't expecting as much of an emotional roller coaster as it was. I should have, because I've watched enough K dramas and thrillers and stuff like that before. Um, that, like, that is way up their alley, and they know how to pull on the heartstrings and whatnot, but, like, dear God, it was just really, 
well done from start to finish. Um, there were I, there were some questionable things here and there, but like overall for me, it was definitely a nine out of ten show. I think like it, it was close to perfect, but I it, it's very difficult for me to give something uh, a ten out of ten. Um, like certain people that we know that just uh, give things. 10 out of 10. Cough, cough, pokesel. What? Anyway. <laughs> just, just, just giving a little dig to pokesel and his undying love for blue box and it can do no wrong. But I digress. We're not here to talk about blue box. We're here to talk about squid game. Oh, y'all talking about mid box? Oh, don't even get, oh hey, hey now, hey now, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> No, no, I'm just doing. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> doing it. I, I like blue box. I, I, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Well, remember, I'll let you go first. Um, what were what was your general reaction to Squid Game? I I don't have Netflix, so I didn't know what it was until I went on Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I heard everybody talking about. It. I was like, hey, I'll peep this. So I typed on my little laptop. I was like, illegal site that I can watch stuff on. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. Mm-hmm. I searched for it, and I started watching it. And all right, this is giving me, like, weird vibes. I was like, the music, like, the music was giving me weird vibes. Because, like, you already know, like, the soundtrack and, like, the, I guess, me, main theme of it. Give my, my weird vibes. And also, like, the beginning where they explained the Squid Games and shit like that. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird, but... Y'all keep doing your thing. I mean, I liked how we learned more about the characters over the story, just not staying with the um, main character. And he's he's like Jin, but worse. <laughs> and I, yo, the ending though, that got me sock yo. Like that shit was whoo. I go cap. I, I had to pause my laptop and all of that. Also, the old man, the goat. Yeah, he is the goat. He he was the heart and soul of that series for sure. Uh, and I I just want it to be known that the Excellent Friends podcast in no way condones uh, the illegal watching of Netflix content. If you have legal means to watch <laughs> Netflix content, oh my god. Um, I mean you you do what you gotta do, man. I mean at least you enjoyed it. <laughs> Keeping that bag away from Netflix, I see. Not not wanting yes. to throw in your dollars into their nine hundred million pot after the yes. sheer success of the series. Dear God, of course. Um, I got enough money. Don't take mine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, how about you, T? What was your general reaction to Squid Game? Yeah, so I got into Squid Game right around when the meme started appearing and i of course i was confused as to why people kept talking about it like i saw like the little like the little memes but i didn't understand it and me being me i did not want to get spoiled um and also i wanted in on the conversation you know didn't want to have fomo get hit with the fomo um and i thought that you know this could be something fun to review um, on my channel, which I made a review for, by the way. Yes, you um, did. 
anyways though so i went ahead and said you know i'm gonna watch squid game and also do like a reaction thread to the stuff that i see and immediately people are just telling me good luck and i'm like why are you telling me good luck I haven't had this many people tell me good luck since I started the, since I read the Ragnarok arc and got a high school. Because oh. <laughs> I said I was starting that and everyone was telling me good luck. And I'm like, why is it good luck? Like, what, what's going on? And it wasn't a, it wasn't a good thing. Um, But I really enjoyed Squid Game. Like, I was shook in the first episode when they started playing red light green light and i knew what to expect like, i heard the premise of it but like i didn't really know exactly what to expect but what threw me for a loop was when the front man started pouring himself a little little scotch watching people die and then playing fly me to the moon <laughs> just listening to smooth jazz while watching people die and i'm just like oh my gosh this is just this is different you know um, but I really liked how we got to get an insight as to, like, why people are in the Squid Game. You know, like, the backgrounds behind them, like, the financial needs that they have and the way that it built up these characters. But, man, oh, man, can I just say that I think we all need an emotional support group for Episode 6. Oh, because that That destroyed me. And, like, I, I heard things about Episode 6 when I was, saw people saying, like, episode six is rough and i'm like okay when i got to episode six though and i finished it i was like i understand why like i was distraught and so when i posted my reaction on twitter like people were just saying there there it's okay like we're here for you like man that was an experience but i just really enjoyed the premise of it overall because it was a simple story but with interesting characters you know and i i find that i tend to enjoy those types of um of stories where like overall plot is easy to follow but with that simple plot they put in these complex characters of layers behind them and it's more character driven than story driven in a sense like the story the plot's still a driving force but the characters are really the ones that pop out and shine through and then typically, too, like when you think about a show or a series or a book, you don't immediately think about the plot. You think about the characters first and then the plot. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like Squid Game did a really good job at just making a really memorable impression on you from like um, and how they put a dark twist on these kid games that we all grew up playing. You know, like who would have thought that you could die from playing marbles or who would have thought that you can die from um, playing like uh, the honeycomb game. Like even though we didn't have that in the States, that's like a Korean game, but still like, or playing red light, green light like that. It, it was just, it was such an interesting twist. And I just also found like the way that they designed the set design I thought was genius. Mm-hmm. Because it was a really stark contrast for the reality of what's going on versus like how they tried to make it seem, you know, like with the bright pastel colors and like that windy hallway with all the stairs. MC Escher freaking hallway design. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. that the set design was genius. And it was even clever in like the holding area where the players were. Because if you look carefully on the walls, 
they had on the walls illustrations of the games that they played. I so, did like, not notice that. Yeah, like, there's little things that you just, like, again, me being someone, like, we both studied film, Axel, um, so, like... Indeed, indeed. You know, yeah, so when you just look at that stuff, it just, it, it pops out to you. Like, yeah. for me, like, I... It's so weird for me because when I watch something now, like I, if I want to really enjoy it, I have to take off my critic hat and put on my. All right, I'm just watching it to enjoy it. But then at the same time, I have the critic hat under underneath like my regular hat, so I'm like, huh. <laughs> I'm both at the same time now. Uh, but it, overall, though, like I thoroughly enjoyed Squid Game. Like I was not expecting it to be that much gas, and it wasn't just regular gas. Like I said in my video, I believe, this was premium gas. It was that premium gas. It was premium gas. It was no diesel fuel. wasn't no regular. <laughs> it was premium gas. And I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Mm. Very nice. I, you know... Also, oh, go ahead, Mama Bro. Why was everybody talking about Homegirl? She was like the baddest chick, yo. Like, she ain't that bad. Like, everyone on Twitter was like, yo, she bad, yo, yo. I was like, I watched the show. She ain't that bad, yo. It's a personal preference thing. I mean, like, <laughs> she's got a. She she's pretty great. I'm like, I, I I think so. I mean, she's not necessarily my cup of tea, but like, I appreciated her character a lot. Uh, she effectively. Yeah, character wise, she was cool. But like, I was like hyping her up. God, the meme that was going around of like, uh, like. She, the the thing that kept her going while on set was that she was reading My Hero Academia, or she was reading Black Clover, or she was reading Jujutsu oh, Kaisen, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my freaking god, this is yeah, what we're doing now? This is the meme that we're like, like, the memes from Squid Game were great. The memes were, were top tier, like, you just had to be there type of thing. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I gotta wonder, you- though, like, how much did it cost... For them to play Fly Me to the Moon. Like, how much money did they have to pay to play it? Not once, but twice. Especially considering the fact that, like, Netflix also got the rights to redub Evangelion and didn't put Fly Me to the Moon in the ending. You know? Like, what did it cost? What cost? <laughs> like, it, it, it was... Uh, it, it added to the ambiance with it, but, like... Like I, I, that was all I was thinking about. I was just like, "How much did this freaking cost for them to put Fly Me to the Moon in this?" Um, but you, you definitely hit on some great notes, T, about the honestly the relatability with it. Um, and I'm, I'm also gonna tie this back to something that a, mem- a member said towards the beginning of the podcast, where, like, you know, in terms of, oh, if you if you really want to get that money, why are you going to a death game when you could go into college or whatnot? And, like, obviously, we learned from you know our very nefarious glasses wearing evil neighbor bastard uh, that just because you go to school and just because you, you know, become incredibly smart and, you know, think you know your way around finances doesn't mean that you can't go into financial ruin because of, Not, uh, like, a sequence yeah, of... Yeah, also, Tia Edie, he was the goat. Song Woo, like... <laughs> yeah, Song Woo. I'm that. Song Woo. A.K.A. Woo Shiesty. Song Woo. <laughs> 
Ollie, poor Ollie. Oh my god. But anyway, Ollie deserves better, man. He did. But like, as soon as they paired up, I knew what was gonna happen. I I knew, I knew. Um, but like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's again another relatable thing of like everyone that participated in the Squid Game, other than you know Arganbu, um, was there because in some capacity they fell into financial ruin and like it's this thing that is more common and more prevalent than some people know like the like even in the states like bankruptcy and whatnot is a a constant thing for certain people but like it it definitely makes sense on like the asian side of things just because of the sheer population density in these regions so like I it it made it that more reliable that we're seeing all of these different people that are there for different reasons um, that all just bankrupted them or put them in debt to the point that like they were willing to sacrifice their lives on the off chance that they could beat these games and make it out of there with a cut of the forty five point six billion like that is insane like and i that is something that not that i want them to make an american squid game unless it is you know a season two of squid game but like that is something that is still reliable over here that like people can just go into insane debt for various reasons more often than not because of medical reasons but i digress you know it's not to say that literally because of medical bills um, but again, like Squid Game was like a message, though. Like it was like a message about capitalism and stuff like that, and the current system that we have, and like why people are the like where they are, and why they are in the games, and it even speaks to the people who created the games because they were bored. They literally wanted to watch people die for their own enjoyment because they were bored. Like. That blew me when I heard that, but at the same time, it, it just considering like the events that took place, like that wasn't like too surprising, you know. But I will say though, real, real quick, I think the most like the most at least I wouldn't say disturbing, but like I think the hardest game to watch was the stepping stone game with the glass, because literally like they were just trying to at this point weed out as many people as they can as possible and if you weren't like the last couple people you were not making out of there alive like oh man oh man it was that was that was a hard one to watch and i was like even talking about this like with some friends and in my review i was like you know i feel like i could survive red light green light and if i'm really really gentle i could survive the honeycomb game tug of war it just depends on the team and then marbles, I was low key good at marbles as a kid, so I'd be okay. But like that game specifically, oh no, I'm not going to make it. No, I, I, I remember. I hear you're trying to say something. I'm, I'm gonna let you speak before I speak here. Uh, oh, um, yeah, uh, I kind of forgot what I said. I was about to say. Mm. Relatable. It's all right. Um, I. I get where you're coming from with T, uh, with that T. Like, that one was definitely hard to watch. For me, though, the one that was the, the, the tipping point first was Tug of War. 
Because at that point, that was the first time where they had a game that was legitimately person versus person. Like, that was the first time where they had the lives of the other contestants in their hands compared to, like, every other game up to that point. Where it was, you had your own life in your hands. Um, yes, with the honeycomb thing, that was an unfortunate stroke of luck for various people. But, like, that was still something where Destiny was still in your hands and so were other things up to that point um it was also tough watching like the the quote-unquote bonus game of them killing each other in the dorm room but like the tug of war oh, was yeah, definitely the one that that was the tipping point for me first that's completely fair like it it was like the tug of war game like just that was hard to watch like seeing like the guillotine chop the rope like that i was like oh wow um but then that's kind of when i started getting like even more suspicious of our dear old gambu um ilnam because i'm like he knows a little bit too much you know well he knew specifically yeah. with tug of war so like that was the one where like i and i was fine with that because like when you think about it like, Tug of War would definitely be something that was played with much older generations, but then it happened less and less and less as time went on. So it's not... That one wasn't, like, too out there for me, like, with believability. But I, I understand how you could definitely see that way, for sure. Yeah, like, just leading up to the reveal of who he is. And then, like, I had to go back and... When you watch Red Light, Green Light, and when the doll scans the people around him, he's the only one who did not have a little green silhouette. You know? Hmm. Like, he didn't have any silhouette. So, uh, they, I feel like they definitely put in some type of, like, safety measures for him so he wouldn't die. You know? Would have made things definitely interesting then had he actually not been on the same team for uh, Tug of War. What would have happened? Cause oh, like, yeah. Or even if he had made it to the freaking, like, the glass panels. Like, what would have happened there? Like, he, he probably mm -hmm. would have been the one that picked the 16 vest, but still. Could he even jump across <clears throat> them? <It's> like... <laughs> Maybe. I mean, he would maybe also have to, like, crawl across. I don't know. It's yeah. it's all theoretical at that point anyway, but... <laughs> um, I... One of the questions, though, that I still have is how the various employees got to that point. Because, like, at first, I was just like, oh my gosh, is it just a bunch of kids that are playing this? Because the, the first guy that revealed his mask was a kid um but then you had people of various ages after that and then obviously you had the brother of the freaking cop um who was essentially the host um like we we never got an answer which which is why i really want a season two to answer more questions but like we never find out why those people are working there rather than why like 
why they're working rather than playing the games. Like, what was that determining factor that made them eligible to be workers instead? How do they even find out? Like, I... Ah, that's the one... Out of everything, that is the one burning question that I still have for the show. Is is. I was just going to say, like, there's a theory that um, came from TikTok um, where, like, um, when the recruiter approached Gihan there was a red and blue slip little car thing that he could pick right and so Gihan chose the blue one and then he awoke in like that little track suit but if you chose the red one then you could have been an employee and like notice like those two colors kind of correspond with the players and the employees so there's a theory there like what would have happened if Gihan would have chosen the red one instead of the blue one you know so that i thought that was an interesting theory i i could i could kind of see that i mean like it's a semi stretch since you know we're talking blue to green uniforms and then red to pink uniforms but i mean like that honestly that's the closest thing that we have to anything since we didn't have any answers um and like I, our, our poor cop guy died or it, some people think he's still alive, but like that, that's a, that's a hard pill for me to swallow that he'd be alive after getting shot and then falling off a cliff like that. But yeah, I like to follow though. And when it comes to movies and TV shows, if they do not show the body, the kills not confirmed because they've pulled I've seen shows pull stuff like that before where yeah. like, they'll die in a similar way and they'll somehow survive. And we never saw his body. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of left up in the air like, did he survive or did he die? Like, we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we figure out should it be uh, season two. You sounded like you talked through a filter there for a second. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That was yeah. That tweaking. Is that better? Now you're better. Now you're good. Okay, good. Um, but basically, like we we will, I guess, learn more. Should there be a season two or not? Um, but yeah, I've just I've just learned though, like the kills never confirmed unless they show the body. Like for example, of Ilnam, they never showed his body. It is very true. Like, I, and, like, that's the thing, is that, like, obviously there were certain one like, they thankfully didn't show Ali getting shot, but then, watch that. but then, no. w- but then when homegirl's homegirl got shot, they were just like, screw it, <laughs> just gun to the side of the head and bam, and I was just like, oh my god, I didn't want to see this, why? They put some lead in here, yo. <laughs> like the the splatter and everything. Out of focus, but oh it my didn't god! Being out of focus. No, because no, it was still there. Ugh, I, I don't know. I I do. Wanna I kind of want to go. Oh, go ahead. I kind of go back to like the topic of not topic. But I want to go back to what um, Axel said. How did they come to do like the uh, mask people? Right? Because mm-hmm. that was always weird to me. Because like y'all had to, like, what y'all said, y'all had to kind of know what was happening before that. And what y'all was getting yourselves into. And like, y'all must be bored. Like, y- y'all in Korea must have been bored to be like, yo, I feel like killing people today. I'm bored. Hey, y- y'all bored? Come on. I think we all bored. We're going to get some people up, make them broke, 
give them money, and we can kill them if they lose some games. That's like some like, and you have to they have to think about this stuff over years too, to get like that space and all that. You know what I mean? No, oh, but they've had it for years though. Like when the detective was and he made it to like the archive section where like the front man's little office was what if like the game's been going since like on since like the 90s what if they're all former military what if what if that's the reason why they're there because like I, with korea like it is part of um the, their government's practice where everyone has to enroll into the military at some point in their young life and they have to serve, I believe it's two years at least, in the military. Um, so what if that's it? What if, because again, the 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 black masked guy, um, he was the cop's brother, what if that was one of the connections? Was like, they're addressing former military and that's how they're getting their employees because that that also explains how you know everyone was good with a gun because i mean like let's be honest like it's not easy to just be able to shoot an automatic rifle like that like you have to have some kind of training whether it's like professional or recreational that has to be a thing but also to have that discipline in order to you know not step out of line and whatnot so i i feel like and I'm, I've got my fingers crossed that I'm right on this, that they're, they're former military um, and they've been pulling former military people for as long as they've been running this game. I, I, I think that's the theory I want to run with. Um, it makes sense because like the creators of the games have the means and the resources to do that. Yeah. Um, Not in actual. What if like the Squid Games like some military type shit, you know what I mean? And like they um it was like actually military training right so they use that because like they you know like we know you gotta get the body right but they're gonna do that after right but you know you gotta get to, you know you gotta find like their head eye coordination mind stuff right test their mind right to get them ready for that type of stuff because we don't if, say you go in the military they don't know what you're going like say you go into war you don't really know what they're gonna put you through so this is kind of like you know what i mean trying like a pre-training to that you know what i mean so it could be like that and yeah plus what you said all these people are probably military members and it's like yo you weak kill you you know what i mean i don't know that it would necessarily be people that are weak because i mean like by all means everyone that was there pretty much had an iron will um the only people that like we showed we got to see like any like extra bit of personality were the guys that were doing the side hustle um but like i don't because i i could definitely see that big a thing where it's just like people that like were either left the military or you know, they wanted to have some kind of fun or something like after doing the required amount of years or something. Okay. Like I think it would, it would be interesting if we got to see more of a prequel to squid game in that regard to see how things maybe were set up. Um, like, cause I, I feel like a sequel is like the obvious play, but like a prequel, um, would definitely give us more insight into how things came about. Um, so I, I would definitely like to see that, but um, obviously I want the director slash writer to have, you know, all the time he wants to enjoy himself after the success uh, of his series. 
despite the years that it took for him to get it and you know the the struggles the struggles that he had like he was someone himself who like he had financial troubles he had to sell off his laptop at one point because he was struggling as much as it was so like my man was in the trenches for real absolutely um <laughs> but like i i, I do want to see more i i think i want more of a prequel more than i want a sequel at this point um, although I would appreciate both, um, but I just, I want to explore the mythos of this world more. I want to explore how the Squid Game came about and how it got, uh, all these investors in its, dear God, are mostly white <laughs> investors. <laughs> oh no, my actually, god. Their acting was so cringy, bro. But it... That that's was probably where perfect. the funny through the moon budget went. <laughs> no, but like that's perfect. Like they're not supposed to be like these great actors or whatnot. They're supposed to be like these corny guys that are just rich, um, and like their personality is that the they're mold. rich. So like I I think that their acting or quote unquote lack thereof was perfect for it. I think it fits mm -hmm. exceptionally well. Um, like, was it a little, you know, grating at points because we're switching from Korean all of a sudden to English? Sure. But, like, I, I think it, it played really well into it. it. It just, again, part of why I want a prequel is I want to know how, like, this came to be. Like, how did one Korean grandpa all of a sudden, you know, get all of these international connections and it was like, hey... You guys want to gamble on people dying? Like, what What were those steps that got to that point? Like, I'm really curious. Or even if they're, like, if they're, like, the first generation, or if there were, like, other generations of rich white guys before them. Probably, you know. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> it's the, the cycle Generational of... Generational wealth. Oh, absolutely. Again, like, the games have been going on since the 90s. So... The, the the potential is limitless here you know mm -hmm. like i would i would definitely be down for a prequel like a sequel would be cool but i feel like i would be more interested in a in a prequel seeing how it came to be and then maybe seeing a sequel afterwards but mm -hmm. it just depends on what the creator wants to do honestly um because i think the creator said that if there was to be a sequel that they, he would put, like to dive into the other elements of Squid Game, like the front man and like the detective, and then like the employees and like the other stuff, and not just solely like have someone else kind of be like the main focus. Not our we're not looking through the eyes of Gihun, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I honestly would be interested in seeing that because I think we've seen enough of Gihun's percept, like you know, like perspective. Even though I'm still upset he did not get on that plane. Yeah. Like, Yihan was doing anything but being a father. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, you think he finally turns, you know, turns the corner, and then all of a sudden it's just like, nope. I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be difficult. I'm gonna join these games just to be like, you're wrong. And, like, at that point, it's just like, do we really want to see him go through another round of games if he's just gonna win at the end and then like nothing happens to like the rich people or whatnot. Like, what it is he going be, to do? It could be him not 
joining the games, but like he, well, he now has the resources to be able to find another way to get in. Sure, so but at the same be... time, like they have the resources to find him. Like that is true as well. I don't know. I, it, it, I guess anything is possible, but I think that is why I want more of a prequel at this point. Because they were keeping tabs on him because the front man said on the phone to get on the plane. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, though, like, I'm, I just, I don't really care too much about what Gihan's doing. Like, I'd rather to see like a different perspective, like more about the front man. I think that'd be interesting. Like, how did he become the front man? You know. Like what? Bad kind of things. It's very possible that he won one of the previous games, and so that's how he got in. Um, that would at least be my guess. Is that like that would be why he is at the level that he is, and and is trusted to be the host, uh, in the stead of our actual host. Like, I I feel like that's probably what happened, but again. Why there's room for a sequel or a prequel? Absolutely. Who do y'all? How do y'all feel about the winner? Gihan. Yeah. I mean, I expected it. Honestly, I I yeah. wanted more than one, but like, homegirl got screwed over on that one. Jeez. It's like, she oh, really you, you won. You won the game. Oh, sorry. You have a giant shard of glass in your stomach. Like, ugh. Like, at that point, like, it's not even, it's not, I mean, obviously they went the quote-unquote fair route by giving everyone a knife, but at the same point in time, like, this was the first time that somebody got seriously injured from a game, a game ending at that, um, compared to any other time before. There, There was no other point in time where somebody got injured to the point um, of homegirl dying. Like, no, there, there wasn't. So it, that that was the one death that just pissed me off more than anything. Um, I agree. Like, it, it, I guess it had to happen, but at the same time, it was just like, ugh, awful. Like, the, it had to be a one-on-one to, you know be a whole battle of ideals and stuff like that and it was good like it, it was a great final game like it, it I, I, I won't deny that but like it, it just sucks that she didn't get to go to the end absolutely because uh, the, the, the glass thing was just so freaking cheap I was thinking the same thing like really like she was, she's been one of the strongest players the whole time too. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have her get taken out by some glass, and then of course Song Wu doing Wu Shaisi things. But um, it just it was disappointing to see that, you know, because I actually enjoyed her character, but I had a feeling the way that like she was talking about like her family and her brother and like talking to Gihan uh, right before everything happened that um. <sighs> She was going to be out of there soon. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you think, because um, obviously we know the order of the games as they were now, do you think that this series would have taken off as much as it did if it didn't have Red Light, Green Light as that first game? Mm, that's an interesting question. Remember, you want to go first? 
maybe because we had the honeycomb thing. So TikTok really took over that thing. So TikTok saw that shit. Then they could have took that over, and they also could have blown up. But I think the uh, red light, green light put up made a major part to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. T, any Here's... thoughts? Yeah, I have thoughts. I don't think so because the intent of the first game, like red light, green light, was to disguise that it was a death game. You know, because when you first go in, like the players don't think anything of it. They think, oh, it was just me playing a game. And the guards are not holding any armory. They have no weapons. Versus when you see them throughout, like the rest of like the show, they are always armed. You know, so like it's kind of to manipulate and trick the players thinking that they're just going to play a game, but it's really their life at stake. And it's masking that. And I just don't see that happening with the other games. Maybe, like, maybe marbles? I don't know. Um, because, like, the life or death threat is clearly there. Like, when you when you, they're playing, doing the honeycomb thing, like, there are armed guards right there to shoot you on the spot. When they are doing the tug of war, like, literally, like, there's no way those, the people, if the players are coming in to play tug of war, and they saw those two towers, they would all refuse to play. There's no way that that would happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was more so, I don't think it would really work if red light, green light wasn't first. I think it was, there's a relatability to it. Like, red light, green light is a game that kind of transcends borders. Like, it's a game, like, most people can understand because red light, or traffic lights are a thing in the vast majority of well at least developed countries of the world in various regards um so there's that like immediate factor of relatability it's like oh i used to play red light green light as a kid or oh like my kids have played that or just that general recognition of it like had it been any other game in the lineup one some of them wouldn't make sense just because like certain games had to be played in a certain way because of the emotional impact and whatnot um, but two, like, for the ones that didn't have that emotional impact or the way that th they were played, like, it would be a little bit more alienating because it's not part of the same culture. Like, obviously the honeycomb thing, we have nothing like that in the States. I doubt most place, most other countries have something like that either. So, like, that would be something really difficult to have that same kind of level of stakes right away so it, it really makes me question like is there even like another game out there that one could handle 456 contestants but two have that same level of relatability and whatnot to get people interested in it because like that's the thing is that, like i think it was just a perfect storm of relatability with the games and the players and whatnot that really got people interested in it and i don't know i don't know that there's anything else that could match that and I feel like, like oh, go ahead the one the one game that could would be musical chairs i feel like that could have the same impact as red light green light and then i could imagine it like they have fly me to the moon playing as they like, being the song and like they're going around 
and they oh no i lost my chair or whatever mm -hmm. and maybe like the chair just like the or like the person who like doesn't end up getting in a seat like they either get sniped or like they get they fall through a pitfall or something like that mm -hmm. and then like the way they get rid of chairs is they have like the chairs fall through like a pitfall like i could i could see musical chairs being one of those games but otherwise like yeah i i could definitely see that being like a mid squid game game but like, I, I don't i don't see that being like at least the first one only because again like the the concept of other people's lives like in your hands wasn't a thing until we got to tug of war like it it, it has to be something that like anyone can play it's all on you and like you're not necessarily affecting other people not that people didn't affect other people obviously but um i i i don't know i don't know that there is a game like that um at least not one that would be like universally recognized either and i'm probably going to i'm going to be pissed at myself cuz i'm probably going to think of thing something after the podcast and be like ah why didn't i think of that but like i don't know i th i think it was just the perfect storm um, and just the right thing to start with. I, I don't think it could be, I, I don't know that we would have a $900 million series if it wasn't for the fact that they played Red Light, Green Light first. Yeah. And even just like the doll, it's, the doll is iconic now. Mm -hmm. Like people are cosplaying as the doll. People are doing to the point where people are dressing up in drag as the doll and doing drag shows mm -hmm. as the the doll. Like, there's a, tons of memes of it to the point where people are editing, like, um, acrylic nails and, like, wigs and stuff like that and hair onto the doll. Um, it's because, like, when Black Twitter gets a hold of something, we run with it. <laughs> like, Black Twitter is just, it's magical. But um, it's the doll in itself is just iconic. It was to the point where, like, a lot of people were like they recreated the red light, green light in the rest of the games in Roblox. But people think of that red light, green light thing immediately because of how iconic it was, and even like the players reacting to red light, green light. Because then you have that one lady who like screams, and like she has this really horrifying expression on her face. I don't know if you remember the one I'm talking about. Like, it was like. It's like the yeah that that the lady who screams who initiates that huge massacre, you know. Right, but it, like, it was think... it was the two like delinquents though that absolutely that started everything though, like yeah the delinquents did. But like and that that in and of itself was iconic, like just the fact that these these two guys were cocky. One of one of them gets shot with just the perfect angle so that you can't see anything behind, and like. I I guess, you know, a little bit of, like, rigor mortis kind of stopping him from, like, just making it seem suspicious more than it was. Like, it just, oh my god, it was so well done, so well choreographed, just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I should ask them, were there any other themes characters anything else that you guys wanted to talk about? i feel oh my god i feel bad for ali's wife and child like i am 
I not not that I'm not concerned for other people's families in general, but the fact that like Ali like left his poor wife and child in South Korea when they're from Pakistan, like oh yeah yeah like that's why Ali really deserved so much better, but unfortunately he encountered Wu Shaisi. Sang Wu, Sang Wu, and like what broke my heart when. He realized what had happened after he opened the pouch. And I'm like, bro, like, first of all, Song Wu really was like gaslighting the mess out of him. That was the most elaborate thing ever. And like, my God. The fact that he got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's again, they were told uh, you just have to get the marbles in a nonviolent way whatever means necessary and that's the thing is that like people that were playing marbles weren't even playing the same game um across the board which again was the whole freedom uh even playing field for everybody but my god the the lengths that song woo went to to make that bag switch happen jesus Ugh, that bastard that bastard <laughs> he he really Man, like, and I knew from the get-go, like, not get-go, but, like, after the, like, during the second game that something wasn't right with him because he could have easily warned Gi-Hun not to choose Umbrella, and he told the group to split up, and he knew what game it was, right? Like, he knew, and he could have warned them, like, quietly, listen, pick, pick, pick the, pick triangle, because we're about to about to do the honeycomb thing like he could have warned them but he didn't and even there's a moment of hesitation when gihan was approaching the umbrella and he called out his name and he still said nothing and i was like ain't that supposed to be your childhood your good childhood friend i was like huh something not right with him and i don't know what it is but ever since then it was like i liked how they handled his character though because as the as the games progressed, you really got to see more of who Song Wu really was, you know, and that everybody to him was a means to an end. I mean, you still got to see that, though, with the the episode where they all went back, though. The fact that, like, this is a man who, like, again, was this man who was, like, a, like a top of his class, super smart, um, should have been absolutely filthy rich, and he was, and then lost it all. And he's this man who is not home. He is sitting in this random hotel in a bathtub full of water with his clothes on. Like, you, th- like from the get-go, you can see that there's nothing, there's something wrong with this man. Um, and, like, it's, it's so interesting to watch his descent um, throughout the, the series. Um, and, like, I... I, I don't feel bad for him, you know, with his, you know, that, that, that last flash of morality where he took his own life, uh, just so Gihun could win, but, like, ugh. Song Wu, I already, like, I already knew he was on some oppy stuff right when, like, first episode. I don't know why I felt like an op vibe from him, yo. And seeing what, and progressing through the story, I was right. <laughs> Well, he was avoiding the main character kind of from the get-go. He was just like, oh, you're here. Uh. Yeah. And he got real triggered every time 
uh gihan kept mentioning like he oh you went to the this university like he was kidding you can see it on his face mm. <laughs> he was triggered <laughs> and he was like yo i'm gonna kill this dude later like he was plotting mm -hmm. hey just ugh. he got what was coming <laughs> but his poor mom his poor i mean like she ended up getting all that money so cool but like the fact that Gi Hun's mom had to die. That too. I mean, you knew it was coming. You knew it was, but like, mm -hmm. it didn't make it hurt any less. Especially when he just got on the floor and just hugged her. Like, ugh. I I I will say I was half expecting uh, the collection guys to like jump him at any point in time before he got to the house. Um. So, I. Semi disappointed that that didn't happen, or anything. But you know, because he also they, didn't. They he didn't touch that money for an entire year, though. So it's just like, what did he do to avoid these collection guys? I mean, unless he you did pay that... from like the first night, but like yeah. you think he would have like gotten jumped by them because like not at least when he returned because. I believe he gave them, like, he, they gave him, like, a month to get the money. Like, I think that was what they were, the Lone Sharks were doing. Like, they gave him a month, and the games just took place in, like, a week, you know? Mm -hmm. Because each day they played a game. So it was about a, a week of games. Um. However, yeah, it's just, what did he do? Yeah. I don't know, um, man. Oh, real quick, I did want to ask, like, what did y'all think about, like, the gangster, like, him? I don't think we really talked about him. We didn't. I love him in real life. Oh, my God. He is so much fun in real life. Um, and the fact that his Instagram is mostly him and his cat uh, is pretty great. Um, oh, that's cute. But, uh, I... I kind of wanted... I wanted more to happen... Like, I wanted him to be betrayed by his guys sooner than the Marble episode. Um, but I, it, it's fine that that's kind of how it ended up being, I guess. It was interesting seeing, though, like, as the, as the things went on, like, him realizing that, like, he, he really was, like, uh, a small fish in, like, a big pond. Like, he wasn't, he he didn't have the power that he thought he had. Um, and, like, Gihan told him, like, at any point in time, the tables could have been flipped on him, and he could have died. Um, and, like, he took that to heart, and he started becoming more and more of a coward. Um, so, it's, it, it's so interesting that, like, he got taken out by one of the people that he betrayed in... The, the squid games in her own active courage to take him out when he was at the end of his cowardly rope. Yeah. And I don't know if you all have seen Money Heist or not, but he reminded me of Arturo from Money Heist. Yeah. Oh my God. Gee. He gave me <laughs> big Arturo vibes. Like, oh my gosh. The only difference Man, at least at least we got justice, you know, at least justice was served in this case. But money eyes. Yeah, yeah. But he he gave me like both of them have like the same energy. Like Arturo 
and this guy they would be besties because of how they were and even like when he was on his last stand and wouldn't move forward in the stepping stone game i'm like bro this is some arturo bs that he's pulling right now because arturo would do the same thing not facts you know (laughs) um but yeah like but his final moments and like um old girl taking him out like she that was a boss way to go out she said that she was gonna kill him and she did what she came to do um even if that meant her costing her her own life but like hey if you're gonna go out you might as well go out big and so she went out in like the most boss way possible i do Mm -hmm. i do like that um speaking of the the stepping stone game i thought it was um it made it more interesting the fact that they picked a game that they didn't realize that one of the guys that they had picked for the games had a background in glassworking like especially because you know their their entire motto was giving everyone a fair shake at the games with no kind of advantages for one player over the other um so I thought it was incredibly interesting that that they had made that mistake, and they obviously mid corrected it towards the end of the game when it mattered. Um, but like I, I thought that was really cool. How once again it wasn't while they were trying to do this perfect operation, they still had their flaws. Um, poor old dude had to die at the end, but I mean that was that was going to happen, kind of regardless at that point like he threw everybody else's lives away which had he revealed that earlier they they i think everyone would or more people would have died or i i think they all could have died at that point um but it is what it is yeah but man the, the way like song woo just pushed him though mm-hmm. like you could like at that point, Song Wu was like, "I'm done hiding and being this like, done being politically correct, done being calculated. I'm just gonna let y'all see the crazy now." And like he didn't hold anything back. He kind of reminded me of Joe from You, um, especially in season one where you start to see Joe unravel and really show his murderous intent and Bro, Joe was insanity, um, and. Song Wu's descent reminded me of Joe and like watching Joe progress as a character and Joe's descent into him being a serial killer. He if made, that makes sense, you know. He made me think of Kisaki from Tokyo Revengers. That was uh my thought. I mean, like people were also making memes of that too, but like that was that was the one for me. Not that I've never read or seen Tokyo Revengers, so I can't well, comment on that. Well, that's a shame. That's a downright I know shame. everybody's been telling me to read it oh, or watch it. Yeah, but I've just I've been completely burnt out of anime and manga lately since like <gasps> the summer. So oh. I've just been watching more live action stuff and like rewatching stuff. And then like I'm gonna start reading comics. Like like I'm gonna yeah, start Invincible this week. Um, I'm almost done rewatching Teen Titans. I'm on season five right now, nice. and I recently, like before that, I rewatched Young Justice, and now you know the first two episodes of the new season dropped. Yes, um, man, it was good. They were good. And then after Teen Titans, I'm gonna rewatch 
the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited because I want to. Mm. All right, all right. Good times. Good times with that Justice League cartoon. Oh, right in the right. nostalgia. At the DVDs upstairs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I have... watch Avatar for the t- 1,000th time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Relatable. Um, <laughs> God. All right. Well, was there anything else then? Was there anything else that we didn't cover with Squid? I, I, I will say this. Um, I had entirely thought um, that the stepdad um, that married Gihan's wife i had entirely thought that he was involved in the squid games in some cape and capacity like i i just had that hunch and i'm disappointed that he wasn't unless he actually was but like i i I was just like was he somehow involved and that was how like he got gihun involved in the squid game like especially for like the the fact that like they were going to america so it was just like is he going to america after the squid game to establish a squid game in America kind of thing. Like, my my brain was nah, making all these theories, but then, like, it was just... No, he was just a douchebag who had money, I guess. But he didn't give an allowance to his wife. Like, what the hell? Yeah. No, nah, I, I thought the same thing, too. I was like, oh, he oppie. <laughs> I didn't really think too much of him, honestly, because, like, he just kind of gave me that, oh, yeah, I'm a jerk. I'm the jerk that married your ex-wife type of vibes, mm-hmm. you know? And those characters, like, I just, I don't really care for them too much. Like, they, like, some, I feel like some mediums make it work because, like, eventually, like, they, like, the ex-wife and the husband learn to co-parent. Things get better. Like, for example, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, that's an example I would say I would give, um... But I just, yeah, I didn't really think too much of him, honestly. So it's interesting that you pointed that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was just kind of my thing. I was just like, why are they going to the United States? What is his job that, like, he's able to go from Korea to the United States kind of thing? And obviously they didn't elaborate on that more. And the, the wife just, like, especially when the husband came home, like, the wife seemed so pitiful when that happened. So it was just like are you really in a happy relationship with this new guy? Like, I, obviously you're not with Gi-hun, but, like, this new guy? Like, he just seems like a dick. Like, you, you went from a guy who, like, lost everything to a guy who's just, he has money, but he's an asshole to his wife. Like, was that really the best trade-off that you could get? I don't think so. But, um... Yeah, I, I. That being said, I, I know we had potentially talked about talking about other death games and whatnot, but like just looking at how long we've been going with the podcast, um, I, I think we could definitely more, more so end things on Squid Games, uh, on Squid Game. Um, I guess I should say, um, Memorial, we could start with you. Do you have any closing thoughts on Squid Game? Anything else that we didn't cover? Any thoughts? for the future of Squid Game or anything like that. Um, that shit's gas. Go watch it. And um, I need a prequel. Yes, absolutely. Agree with that. Uh, and watch Vouch. it on Netflix if you can. <laughs> Even if Vouch it means well. <laughs> borrowing it, another person's account. 
But yeah, borrowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> borrowing Netflix. Not, 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 not other things on your laptop kind of thing. No, no, none of that. <laughs> All right, T. Do you have any closing thoughts on Squid Game then? Um, just like my guy Membro said, it was some. It was not just regular gas. It was some premium gas of a show. Like, it's one of my favorite shows of 2021, and I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through um so if you have not checked out squid game if you've been living under a rock and somehow have avoided the thousands and thousands of memes that people have been producing from this and the artwork and everything then do yourself a favor and like go enjoy squid game and also check out other death game series too within like the the death game genre because they're pretty interesting you know like they're different they're different types of death game shows that give different vibes um, but I recommend checking it out. You know, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by the genre. Yeah, I, I, I myself, I definitely know I need to go in and watch Alice in Borderland. Um, Me too. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I didn't like Alice in Borderland as much as Squid Game or whatnot, and they like they watched it afterwards. Um, not necessarily seeing the same thing if like people did Alice in Borderland first, but. I, I, that's, that's another one that I need to watch on Netflix. I need to watch more of the Korean stuff on Netflix in general. Like, I also need to watch Sweet Home, which obviously is more horror, and that was like a manhwa slash webtoon yeah, kind of thing. Guess, yeah, like, I need, to, I, I, like, if this, if this, if this podcast does nothing else, because I'd like to assume that most people at this point have watched Squid Game, otherwise they went through a lot of spoilers. <laughs> listening to this podcast but they were warned um like it's just one of those things where like there are so many good uh foreign language series and movies especially on netflix right now that people need to watch and if you are someone that like you watch a lot of anime you read a lot of manga um if you grew up watching uh movies based on dystopian teen romance uh like novels and whatnot like there's a lot of really good content out there um and i I know a lot of people have their hesitations about live action adaptations and whatnot but there's really good stuff out there 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 really is like people need to like kind of let go of that hesitation that there isn't good live adaptations of things because there really are like i get it people didn't like death note i understand it the only good selling point was willem dafoe and that's it but like there are good live adaptations of things uh especially from korea like they 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 got it going on like uh it wasn't really touched on in this video but like kingdom by like the South Korea, the, the the zombie movie or not zombie movie, the zombie series, fantastic. Um, so like go nuts, like explore something that you haven't before. There is really good stuff out there. You don't have to wait for the internet to tell you that something's good for you to go out and experience it for the, yourself. Like, I I I, I, I that, that's at least the message that I have. Like, and I, I've said this on other podcasts too, but like try new things you don't you don't have to wait for somebody on youtube to tell you you don't have to wait for me to tell you like to watch something i'll, I'll keep telling you to watch or read things because you know that's the whole freaking point of this channel but like 
go out, go out and touch some grass. And then once you've touched some grass, go back inside and turn on Netflix. And then don't let subtitles limit you. Yes. You know, like, not be afraid of subtitles. Oh, my God. Please. Watch watch with subtitles. Yes. (laughs) Do you read? You should. Read. Read. So I found out the the name of the show is called Panic. (laughs) Oh, it's called Panic? Okay. Well, at least you you told me. But if you get anything from this podcast, is like, branch out of your comfort zone. Try something new. Be afraid of subtitles. Yes. Embrace the foreign language side of Netflix. There's some really cool stuff out there. You're and missing out on a lot of premium guests. Yeah. And it's and not hypothetically, even... don't pay for Netflix. Hypothetically. Oh my god. No. <laughs> you, you pay for this stuff so you get more stuff. That's how it works, hey, damn it. Well, actually, I said hypothetically. I said hypothetically. Okay. Anyway. Like, we can excuse him, bro. We, okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, but, and, and, you know, check out the stuff that isn't just, um, you know, Japanese or Korean. Check out the German stuff. Check out the Spanish stuff. Check out the stuff from, you know, just Europe in general. Like, just check things out. There are so many cool things that we haven't touched upon, um, outside of the, the German, Korean, and Japanese side of things that is out there. Like, it's really cool stuff out there, and I, I want more people to experience it, and, um, I, I hope you find something that you really enjoy. Um, and if the, the rest of the internet isn't talking about it, then you can claim that you watched it first, because that's how the internet works. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of wraps things up. So I want to, I want to thank the both of you for being here on this podcast. Thank you for taking up your time, um, and doing this with me. Uh, it's been a solid one hour and 45 minutes of good conversation. So I can't thank you both enough. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you each of you, uh, your moment to, uh, kind of promote yourselves and whatnot. So I will let a member go first. This is your, uh, the, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, as you know, I'm Embro. You can find me on YouTube at Embro. Um, same on Twitter. I also run a podcast called Digital Dumbasses. Called Digital Dumbasses. The S's are dollar signs because you'll get money. And run another podcast, Celestial Dragons podcast. So check that out on YouTube. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. And T, now you can uh, promote yourself as well. Um, real quick, again, thanks, Axel, for inviting me on. This is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking about Squid Game. And maybe it'll be fun to talk about other things with you as well. Um, you can find me on YouTube um, at Sweet Tea, and then on Twitter and Instagram, it's Sweet Tea One Six Two. Um, and yeah, so again, if you also like to ramble and talk about these type of things, like you know we do, check all of us out. Absolutely, I can vouch for everyone's content here, everyone's personalities. Great. Uh, can't necessarily vouch for everyone for digital dumbass. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> oh no no no, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> I would I would think so with that name, but you know, no, they're great. Yep. No, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you guys both for being here, um, and thank you to any listeners that are still here with us at this time. As always, you are the real MVPs uh, for sticking it out. 
with me to the end of these podcasts and i hope you enjoy these weekly podcasts that we dive into uh if you like this content and you want to see more like it in the future hit that like button um if you want me to talk about more netflix content because i can totally do that um be feel uh feel free to talk about that in the comments if you have any comments on squid games or the the death game genre in general i want to hear that in the comments as well especially if you have recommendations for any anime or manga or again shows that you would want to necessarily be covered on the podcast um and like i said um if you want to catch up on any of the other spooktober content i've got uh playlists and whatnot uh on the channel um and you can always catch my uh podcast either here on spotify and a few other platforms but spotify being the main one for podcasts um otherwise for now once again thank you guys for being here uh until next time my name is axel blaze and uh let's just say if we get into the squid game i really hope i don't pull the umbrella so yeah bye bye everybody